This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. Hey, shout out to England and Spain for winning their semifinal games and making it to the championship. Uh, Spain knocked off Sweden. Sweden, you know, knocked off the U.S. So I I thought they was going to go all the way. Guess not, which is ironic because Spain knocked my USA team off in FIFA when I was playing the World Cup. And I was totally shocked because I was dominating. And all of a sudden, I couldn't dominate the Spain team. But that's video games. England beat the hometown Australia just just too much talent like just there's a talent gap there's a talent gap like England was just too much for Australia at the end of the day so I wonder how England and Spain is gonna go I'm probably not gonna be able to watch it because it comes on at 5 a.m on Sunday and um yeah I have to be up for my tournament that's at nine however I don't think it's still too early. Like, that's insanity. I don't think I'm going to be able to watch it. <laughs> but we'll see. I say that now, but we'll see. Um, I think I really missed a good one with Sweden and Spain because all three goals came within the 80th minute. You know what I'm saying? All three goals came between the 80th and 90th minute. I think it was Spain went up, and then Sweden, and then Spain took the lead for good. I got to look at the highlights. It, it looked like it was fire uh, for sure, man. Uh, let's see. James Hart. <laughs> Bro, this is a mess. I didn't think this would happen again. He wasn't happy in Houston, forced his way out of Houston with Daryl Morey still there. Then he forced his way out of Brooklyn. I kind of understand Brooklyn because the COVID thing and Kyrie barely playing games and people getting hurt. He just didn't want to deal with that. Like, he had to play games where it was just him and a bunch of role players. Like, literally, I watched them versus Oklahoma City where... You know, he was the main guy playing point guard and everyone else was just role players that wouldn't usually play if Kyrie and Kevin Durant and all other people that was hurt were playing. He couldn't take it anymore. So he went to Philly where he supposedly wanted to be all along. There was a honeymoon period. And even in playoffs, he had some epic games. Them 40-point games against the Celtics was the reason why they went up 3-2 and almost won that series. But, of course, I don't know what happened in Game 7. I I just don't know. In the games they lost, I don't know why he just disappeared. Beats me. But, but you know... Stuff hit the fan when James Harden was in China and he said, Daryl Morey is a liar and I'll never be part of an organization that he's a part of again. 
everyone is saying that this is because he took less money to play this year and then he was expecting a bigger contract or, you know, he was going to opt in and it was going to make it easier or he was also, or he was going to opt in and it was going to make it easier for Daryl Moore to trade him. And then nothing happened. And then he was pretty much forced to stay. And now it's clear that he still wants to go. So now, Philly, you got a choice. James Harden or Daryl Morey? I don't know. Because it's like if you keep James Harden and keep him happy at least for a year, you might be able to get a title out of this. If you keep Daryl Morey, there's a potential that you could set your franchise up Nicely for the next five to ten years. If that's what you want to do. If you want to like sell out for a title, just keep James Harden, get rid of Daryl Morey and just run it. You know, I think that's the solution here. You got to go with. But I think most likely. They're probably both guys are going to stay. James Harden has zero leverage. Like at some point, at some point, he's probably just going to have to just show up or he's going to get fined. I think Daryl Moore is going to play that game again. I feel like they should just get rid of him. <laughs> they should. They should cut their losses. If they want to keep Daryl Moore, then just get rid of him. If they want to keep James Harden, just get rid of Daryl Moore. I don't think they're going to get rid of Daryl Moore. I, I don't think. Just because of one player, I don't, I can't see that happening. So, and also they got a new coach coming in. Man, I thought the Wizards were a mess. I thought the Wizards were a mess. These guys are a mess. And they're supposed to be a title contender? Man, this is a joke. This is Washington sitcom type of nonsense. Obviously, James Harden can play at a high level still. But just all the extra stuff that comes with that, is it worth it? You know, still hasn't won a title, still hasn't gotten past the conference finals. But that that's not all his fault. Yeah, he had some bad games, but it wasn't all his fault. You got to find a way to keep this team together. Because, like... You could run it with Maxi and Embiid and all these role players, and you might still be a title contender because Embiid is just that good. But I don't think it's going to be tough to trade James Harden and get a star back. At this point, man, maybe you trade him, get some draft picks or some young players that fit the team that will be a great support to Embiid. At this point, that's probably what you got to shoot for if you're going to get rid of Harden. It's going to be hard to keep both. Like, some someone has to go. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But you need to make a decision before this gets out of hand. This might end up worse than Ben Simmons. <laughs> Because I don't think 
James Harden is going to show up to camp unless they have some come to Jesus moment. Just saying. I'm just saying, hey, good luck. Good luck, Philadelphia Sixers fans. Good luck. Because it looked like you have a storm on your hands. I'll come back to the Richard Sherman undisputed thing, but I might as well transition to the bird. Remember, this is preseason. So we still talking about practice. Facts. Barely a game, barely a game, but practice. You got to remember that. So I guess I'm not going to say too much about the preseason game against the Ravens. Lamar Jackson didn't play. Jalen Hurts didn't play. I don't even think Odell Beckham played, or maybe he did. I I don't know. Um, It's crazy how a lot of these starting quarterbacks didn't play, but Derek Carr played, Patrick Mahomes played, even if it was for a few plays. But, yeah, Jalen Hurts didn't play. Okay, Swift played and had some amazing plays. If he can do that for us during the regular season, y'all are in trouble. Y'all are in big trouble. I'm sure some of our stars will play against the Browns. They got to get some reps. Like, there's got to be a dress rehearsal of some kind. So I guess that's going to come against the Browns, the Browns who lost to the Washington sitcom because they couldn't get a two-point conversion. <laughs> what a joke. And Deshaun Watson played in that game, by the way. But anyway, the bird. The only thing I take away from that is, you know, Jalen Carter is going to be just fine. Uh, Swift is a beast. And also Eli Ricks. Eli Ricks is nice. I hope we keep him. And I hope he makes an impact for us in the regular season because he had a pick six and he was just all over the field. I was like, I like him. He's from Alabama. And I think the only reason that he was undrafted free agent because he dealt with injuries and stuff. Man. The cornerback depth is unreal. Y'all are in trouble. Our secondary is going to be just fine. Our secondary and our D-line is going to be legit again. It's just the question mark is that linebacker. Do we have the linebackers to get us through this season? Do we have the linebackers to take us to the next level, which is a Super Bowl trophy? Not a Week 10 trophy, a Super Bowl trophy. And not just an NFC East trophy, too. Talking to you Cowboys fans. Now, I think we're going to be fine. You know, that's lost. Lost 20 to 19. Because, you know, went for two after uh, cutting it to one. No, we went for two. And didn't get it. Uh, that, that's very on brand for us, but it is what it is. Uh, of course, Justin Tucker making long field goals. That's that's what he does. Um, it is what it is. Losing my one with mostly backups playing. I, I'll take that, man. I'll take that. I mean, 
we get to see what some of these folks can do. Um, I guess we'll get a bigger, I think we'll get a better look of the team against the Browns. But if we don't, it don't matter to me, as long as y'all ready for New England. And I might as well transition to this. New England got Zeke. Should I be worried? I mean, they're the Eagles' week one opponent. However, Zeke isn't what he used to be, which is why Tony Pollard started to get more and more carries because he could do more things. Something I didn't think about until someone mentioned his name was Ramondre Stevenson. I was like, yo, Ramondre Stevenson. Like, they're going to take carries away from him. Oh, my God. Like, where does he factor in this equation? And then what? I don't think he's on the team anymore, but, you know, uh, Harris, the dude from Alabama, uh, he's probably not on the team no more. But Ramondre Stevenson, that's my dog from Oklahoma. The Patriots got Ezekiel Elliott? What does this mean? Does Stevenson get less carries? Does he get demoted? What happens here? Should I be worried about Ezekiel Elliott and Juju Smith-Schuster? Who I'm really worried about is Matthew Judon. That guy is like that. Coming off the edge, I mean, he's been one of the elites for a while. So uh, I'm worried about him. But then again, we got Lane Johnson. But Zeke Elliott seems like a good pickup if they use him right. Uh, Bill O'Brien, let's see if he... He's got to be a better play call than Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. He definitely got to be better than them. So if they can use Zeke Elliott correctly, it's going to make winning the AFC East tougher for those other three teams. It is. And you know, you're dealing with Bill Belichick, too, who one of the best head coaches ever, one of the best defensive minds ever. So, um, very good, very nice pickup for them. Just uh, definitely a boost to their offense. How are they going to use him? I don't know. Are they going? Is he going to be the workhorse for first two downs back, or is he just going to be a goal line threat? I don't know, but if he's anything like he was the first three or four years, um, that's going to win them an extra three or four games. And it might be something the Eagles have to worry about. But at the end of the day, we got the more talented team. We should win. I'm expecting that to be a close game is week one. And Eagles going to be rusty. We're playing on the road. It's Tom Brady day. It's going to be a tough game. I'm expecting a tough game. But I think the bird will handle it and we'll figure out a way to win that game. But a good pickup for New England. And then the Jets got Dalvin Cook literally on the same day. The Jets got Dalvin Cook. Finally, what took so long? I've been hearing about the Jets and Dalvin Cook. It was between the Jets and the Dolphins for the longest. I've been hearing about the Jets and Dalvin Cook 
for months, and it finally happened in the middle of training camp. Almost the end of training camp, it finally happened. What took so long? What? Don't tell me, you know, y'all were stalling over like a million dollars. That's probably the thing. That's probably what happened. Just once again, just another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, once again, the, the running back who's there, Brees Hall, what does that mean for him? Does he get less carries or what? Hey, someone on Jim Rome show said that Dalvin Cook isn't even the best cook in his division. Man, <laughs> that is cap. I don't think James Cook is there yet. You know, he's a great back, receiving back for sure. And, you know, decent between the tackles back. But I don't think he is where his brother has been yet. Just no. You'll see. You'll see. But it's definitely... Definitely another weapon for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, definitely takes the load off him a little bit. A dynamic, a dynamic running back that you could use in multiple different ways. Uh, let's see how fast he grasps the playbook. Let's see how long it takes him to get in game shape after missing training camp. Pretty much, I think he'll be fine. You know, and he has something to prove, you know, especially after what happened with you know, the, the contracts and what happened in Minnesota. And he has something to prove. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes. I still think um, Buffalo is going to win that division, but Miami and the Jets are putting up a heck of a fight. And even New England's not going to be a pushover. Now, I hope this I hope this division doesn't flop like the AFC West last year. Remember when I think at one point I said the AFC West is going to be a toss up only for the Chiefs to dominate the division anyway. Maybe that will happen with Buffalo or even Miami, but I truly believe this is going to be a tough one. But I'm going to lean Buffalo anyway. And also, there's this one more thing. Uh, Zach Martin. Zach Martin. They finally paid him. They finally got him in the camp. Um, once again, what took so long? What's going on over there in Dallas? Why he take so long to pay him more money? What happened? What was the disagreement? Hey, if it if it if it distracts y'all and weakens y'all. For the upcoming season, hey, if it makes it easier for the bird to run away with the division and jumpstart our Super Bowl run, that's fine with me. That's all I care about. But finally, you took care of your arguably best offensive lineman. He probably is the best, but you finally took care of him. Congrats, Cowboys. You finally stopped messing around. But seriously, with all these guys, like, like what, you know, what was the negotiation about? Like, why it takes so long to reach an agreement? Or did these guys just not want to do training camp? 
I think that was part of it. I think that was part of it. Like they didn't they didn't want to do training camp. Well, let's let's just be real. <laughs> There's no way. So that had to have been it. Because it, it's interesting timing with these deals. Well, all right. Okay, now let's get to uh Richard Sherman and Undisputed. So Undisputed finally got a new co-host. It's Richard Sherman. Like, when they were throwing out names like Sean McCoy, Nick Wright, Keyshawn Johnson, even Lil Wayne, but Lil Wayne is just going to be on Fridays. <laughs> how is that going to work? I want to see how that's going to work. And is he going to be committed? Because it's Lil Wayne. He, he probably got a million things going on. Or maybe he doesn't. I want to see if Lil Wayne is actually going to make it there every Friday to debate with Skip as much as he got going on or as much as I assume he got going on. Um, I guess we're going to see the vast sports knowledge that Lil Wayne has. But then when it comes to Richard Sherman, that's an interesting choice after the infamous interview they had on first take where Richard Sherman said he was better at life than Skip. But then again, you got to remember at that time, Richard Sherman was 24, 25 years old, was in his prime. So he's retired since then. He's been on TV. Maybe he's just a little bit different now. Maybe he has grown a little bit, or maybe he's just chasing the money and the clout. <laughs> I don't know what this is about. I don't know what this is about. Oh no. Oh no. Shane McClellahan is getting Tommy John. I gotta I gotta drop him from my fantasy team. But anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, um that is that is insanity. Um that, that, that's gonna be good because Richard Sherman Definitely is is very entertaining. He's very entertaining, just like Shannon Sharp. You know, he's definitely when it comes to football, has a huge football knowledge, and I think he's gonna be able to debate Skip on anything. I think he can. I think he has the ability. And I would love to see it. I want to see how this goes. Like, Undisputed has been just off the air so long, I didn't almost forgot about it. So I guess they'll be back on August 28th, which is coming up soon. Like, that's very soon. That's that's on a Monday. That's a week and a half from now. Oh, boy. This is going to be interesting. And then, if that wasn't enough, Rachel Nichols is going to be part of the show. Now, I don't know if she's going to take Jen's spot and be in the middle, which that's going to be interesting. I feel like she needs a slightly bigger role than that. Or maybe she is like at the desk with Skip and Richard Sherman sometimes, or maybe as a regular. I don't know. We got to see what her role is. If she takes Jen's role, it's going to be weird, but she's going to look good while doing it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that brother's starving. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> um, we'll see. I, I think in either role, I think Rachel Nichols will do well. Uh, once again, an interesting choice. I don't know where that came from. But let's see how she fits with Skip and Richard Sherman. You know, she definitely going to provide like a change of pace or we can see a different side of Rachel Nichols that we haven't seen. It's just a lot of mystery with this upcoming show and definitely need to get on the air at that time because football season's coming up. So it's perfect time to get the show rebooted and going. Um, Richard Sherman. I mean, you, you've seen him. In his interviews on social media, he is very entertaining. So he has a potential. He he has a potential to be even bigger than Shannon Sharp was. And that's going to take the show to heights that we never could have imagined. I'm interested. Let's see how this goes interesting combination of people and I and I heard uh once again Keyshawn Johnson might be involved too um hey let's do it let's do it it's gonna be dope man it's gonna be fire uh want to see how this goes on the 28th hey if I don't catch the show live I will uh look at the highlights on YouTube or I'm sure Twitter is going to be talking about it for sure Cause it's nothing to get undisputed trending. I've I've seen it before. Okay, now the Nats. Listen, the Nats. See, I knew that Nats athletic series is gonna be interesting. And I was like, I know for sure we're better than this team. So I know we're gonna win at least two games in this series. So I was targeting buying tickets for that, but yet. I got caught up in this and that, and I didn't have the money, so I had to work a little bit more, and I just couldn't make it to any game this series. But the Nats swept. They won on Friday, 8-2. That was a game. I think that was the game I was supposed to go to. I was going to be happy with that. But the games that followed that were epic. I mean, listen. The Nats were down, what, 2-0 most of the game on Saturday. Then the Athletics put in a mid, not a mid-reliever, but just a mid-reliever. <laughs> Facts, if you if you know what I mean. And, of course, the moment was too big. Walked, gave up some base hits. We cut it to 2-1, then 2-2, and then late... Cabert Ruiz hits a walk-off homer. Boy, that was vicious. Man, I you know what? I saw the highlights up because I was listening to it on the radio. I was listening to Odyssey. And, of course, I had to subdue my reaction because I was in the middle of a lift ride. So I couldn't just, I couldn't go crazy. I couldn't go stupid like I wanted to. But, man, I was happy. And then to finally see it. And the highlights was, oh, man, that was awesome. That was so awesome. I loved it. I wish I was there. It was a game I thought about going to but didn't go to. Boy, I would have loved that. But 
you know, hey, I'm happy it happened. And hey, we, we won 53 games. I didn't even get to the Sunday game. So we called up this guy named Jeter Downs. And as a result, it was as a result of sending Luis Garcia, who had been our everyday second baseman. I mean, he's been in our system in and out of the minors for like the last three or four years. So we send him to Rochester. We send up Jeter Downs, who's been, he's been a journeyman. He's pretty much been Luis Garcia, but for different teams. We bring him up. I'm like, who? Who the heck is Derek Jeter Downs? I guess I know now. I guess I know now because he hit a walk-off in a unreal ninth inning because I was, once again, I was listening on Odyssey, I believe, or I was following on Twitter or something, and it was 7-2. I was like, oh, we lost. Well, we getting cooked. Oh, we getting cooked. We ain't winning this game. And then the next next time I look, I look at the score. We win. I'm like, how, bruh? We's now 7-2 in the ninth inning. This was just like the Rockies game. Remember when the Rockies put in this terrible re- reliever? They put in this guy to close it out. And he couldn't find a strike zone. S- similar thing here. You get the bases loaded. Stone Garrett hits a base hit. And then uh, Jeter Downs hits a base hit. And that was the game. I'm like, yo, well, okay, we, we was in two outs. It was two outs and we were down 7-4. And we still won. I don't know if it's just because the athletics are terrible or... The Nats at home this year are just a tough team to beat and are an exciting team to watch, which this makes me not want to leave games early to beat the traffic. I can't anymore. This team is just too exciting, especially late in the midnight hour. Man, it's too bad we lost to the Red Sox, who are mid. They've been turning up lately. Apparently, they're 6-2 and two in their last eight games. But, hey, whatever. Uh, I would have loved to go to the Red Sox game because I know it's going to be a lot of Red Sox fans. So, I would have loved to see them go home disappointed. But it didn't happen. I just got too much to do. I got too much to do. Got too many sports to play. <laughs> so, I won't make it to any of these games. I will be, though. I will be at the rematch. The rematch. Ironically. Ironically, this is next Friday. Or, well, this Friday. Michael Lorenzen, who got a no-hitter on the Nets. You know how embarrassing that is? This is great for Phillies fans. Um, I kind of, that's the only good thing about this no-hitter from Michael Lorenzen. Well, two good things is his wife and his mom were really happy. And you can't be mad at that. They they look really excited. It just looks like they th- their joy was just through the roof. So I can't really be mad at that. 
and the Phillies fans, it just looked like it just brought them together. Like through all the Phillies, through all the, you know, ups and downs with the Phillies and the nonsense with the Sixers, that moment brought them together and it really energized the fan base. So I'll give Michael Lorenzen credit for that. And it was what? What was that? Was it the 14th Phillies no-hitter? It was the first Phillies no-hitter since 2011. I'm mad this guy not only got the no-hitter on the Nationals, but he only had five strikeouts. What? That's terrible. Got cooked by the mid. I'm sick. Lost three out of four. But see, this is the roller coaster. This is a roller coaster of a Nats team that's building for the future. Somehow they've been better at home this season, but overall, you know, we still can't beat the Phillies, still can't beat the Mets, still can't really beat the Marlins. Like, I don't even think about the Braves. So I'm like, yo, like, what are we doing? Well, okay, we're getting ready for the future. But it's cool that we win some games here and there, but you got to think about the big picture, especially when stuff like the no-hitter happened. We lost three or four to the Phillies, and I'm like, oh, Lord. And plus a no-hitter. But that's okay. Because the rematch in D.C. is happening this Friday, and I'm going to be there. How can I not be there? So I made sure I blocked off my calendar. I made sure I cleared my schedule. I'm going to be there. And boy, we got to get him. We got to get Michael Lorenzen. Not only get a hit off Michael Lorenzen, but I want double-digit hits. I want multiple runs. I want a win. We got to get this guy. Uh Uh-uh. We got to run that back. He got to catch this fade just because of what happened last week at Citizens Bank Park. This is next Friday. The baseball edition. Damn! And like Debo said in next Friday, this is a rematch. And you better be ready. We going to get you. I know it doesn't look good for the Nats on paper, but I'm telling you they got this. Now let me run through these final topics real quick. The Mystics, they finally got Shakira Austin back. It was nice and all that she was on the sideline or on the bench looking all good, but I'd rather see her on the court because she's going to help us win games. She's going to help the Mystics win games and help them be a dark horse title contender. Now, this is one step closer to that. Now, we still don't have Deladon. I don't know what the update is about that. I think close to getting Chrissy Tolliver back. Still no Ariel Atkins. So it's been the Britney Sykes show. Natasha Klaus up and down. Tiana Hawkins is up and down. Lee Mung is just going to shoot a bunch of shots and be inefficient. That's still my girl, but let's just call it what it is. That's what she does. And she plays okay defense. Like, it, it, it's just going to be up and down with this team until we get all of our girls back. 
but got one of them back. And, you know, even though she isn't, you know, looking all fine on the bench, she's still, you know, pregame be looking good. But, you know, it is what it is. This ain't the gram. This is for the fam. In basketball. Man, listen. Glad to have her back. And she played. I noticed she played a lot of the second half against the sky. Um, Played well against the sky. Once again, Brittany Sykes was cooking. Um, That was a really good pickup. Glad we got her from uh, from the Sparks. No telling where we'd be if we didn't have her. But. Yeah, she's been amazing. Beat the sky, staying afloat. Um, lost to the Aces. I mean, they did the best they could. I only we we're not beating the Aces this year without our full squad. I'm I'm just telling you this right now. But the Aces got smoked by the Liberty twice in like a week and a half. The first game, 99 to 61. Damn! Damn! He got cooked. They definitely made amends for those first two losses in Las Vegas. The first one was preseason. Maybe you throw that out. The second one, I mean, it was close at first, and then the Aces had a really good third quarter, and they just ran away with it. This one... I mean, it was close at first, and Sabrina Nescu was just going off. Her three-point shooting has taken off, and it just makes them that much harder to beat. And then they just straight up ran them out of the building. I think Asia Wilson got hurt in that game. And then they played the Commissioner Cup Championship, which is WNBA's in-season tournament, something that the NBA is about to do probably a better job of, but we'll see. But their in-season tournament championship was yesterday. And to my surprise, the Liberty won again. And this was in Las Vegas, I believe. Like, wow. The Liberty are on fire. I can't remember the last time they lost. I'm I'm serious. No, I th- I think they lost to the Lynx. Yeah. But that was that was a that was a diff- that was a different game but seriously they've been wearing the aces out the last two games which makes me excited for the WMA finals like it's clear that those two are probably going to the finals unless the only teams I can see breaking through are Connecticut Sun the Mystics and the Dallas Wings However, it's going to be tough for them. I think the Wings, I don't think the Wings defend well enough to beat one of them two teams. The Suns not having Breonna Jones is going to catch up to them eventually. And then um, the Mystics can't stay healthy. So I don't know. Who is really going to challenge these two teams? I think this is their year, especially if they can keep everyone healthy. And just Sabrina Inescu and Brianna Stewart just taking turns going the hell off just makes them very tough to beat. And now John Quell Jones is coming to form. Like, that's that's a game changer, too. 
man, oh man, I cannot wait to see how this turns out. Because they're on a roll. They have reached their peak. That's the only thing I'm worried about. I hope this isn't their peak. Because you know what happens when you reach your peak. The only way to go is down. That means you got to come down off the mountain at some time. So if this is their peak, does this mean we're headed towards a playoff choke? Or is this not their peak and this is just the beginning to a dominant playoff and championship run? Let's see what happens. But the the Liberty have been looking very impressive lately. And they are putting foots in behinds. And they are putting the strap to Asia Wilson. And it's very impressive. And last thing, though. Last thing. Oh, before I get into Inter-Miami, like... Oh, oh. Ezekiel Elliott in the 15. In the Patriots jersey. That's going to look dope. That's going to be fire. I'm telling you, it's going to be like that, bro. I can't wait to see him in that 15, even if it's for the Patriots and they got to play my birds week one. But hey, at least it's not for the Cowboys. Perfect combination of style and reminisce. Reminisce from his uh, college days for Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Maybe it work out for the Patriots. Maybe it won't. Just as long as they don't beat the bird in week one. Now, enter Miami. They're going to win League Cup. It's just all signs are pointing to them winning League Cup. And you know what's funny? The League Cup finals is two expansion teams. Nashville and enter Miami have not even been in MLS for five years. And it looks like one of them are going to win a major trophy before the for DC United, before New York Red Bull, like before before L.A. Galaxy. That's crazy. Like unbelievable how fast these teams have grown. And Messi, Messi has been a game changer because Miami wasn't doing squat. Until he showed up. And Messi is an unreal nine goals in six games. Damn! He is making this look easy. I'm surprised he's not in Saudi Arabia with Ronaldo and Neymar. I'm really surprised. But hey... Into Miami's paying him a lot of money, and he gets a cut of the Apple TV money from MLS. Unreal. Unreal. See what happens when you're really good at something? When you're really good at something, people throw money at you. So I have to get really good at something so people can throw some money at me, and maybe I could share it with the rest of y'all. But, you know, that's not going to happen until I stop messing around. But that's another story for another time. Messi is cooking. He is elevated in Miami. He is definitely uh, energized that fan base as well. And I knew they was going to beat Philly. I knew it. 
I knew it. I know that Philly may be a better overall team on paper, but the run that Miami is on is crazy. I was like, oh, Philly ain't. Even though Philly is at home, it's not going to happen. They're going to get cooked. That's why I put them in the parlay. And spoiler alert, I did not win this parlay. I did not win this miracle parlay, but I did get that leg right. But yeah, Nashville and Miami in the League's Cup Final, which is another, you know, in-season tournament that, you know, it's it's an in-season tournament that the MLS and I guess Liga MX does. It, It might be some other teams involved in that too, some other leagues. But yeah, uh... Those are the main two, and it's good to have two MLS teams in the final and not, you know, two Mexican teams. No offense to them, but yeah. Uh, I didn't think Nashville would beat Monterey, but then again, Monterey was a Cinderella story, so maybe, you know, the clock struck midnight. Actually, it did. (laughs) Anyway, man, it's good to see Messi in the MLS making it look easy, making it look easy like the GOATs are supposed to do. That's one of the principles. Uh, There you go. No GOAT level combo, but you see it. Messi is just very on brand. Now, remember, the bird is the word. In NFL, you in trouble. So, oh man, Joy Taylor looks so so cute during the uh, LaShawn McCoy dance. But anyway, I, I had to say that because Speak just came on my TV. Anyway, it's Mr. Van Pugh. GoatLevelTees.com for all things GOAT Level. You already know that I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.